Frazier and Niles Crane's third brother, Craig Crane, is from Springfield, Missouri. Live to a hard drive. You're listening to Spring Food Mo, America's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. Oh, so you can do it. You just choose not to when it's your turn. No, you know, I just, uh, I was pretty proud of myself with that one. I wasn't even going to mention that it was a first take. Nice. Because it wasn't. It was a second take. <laughs> My name is Dan Howell. The dulcet tones that you're hearing across from me, Andy Carr. That's right. Struggling I'm Andy Carr. a bottle of wine. <laughs> I am. You have more experience with <laughs> yeah, this, why don't you? you? <laughs> we do have a guest with us today. I'm Nicole. Nicole. Hmm. hmm. Nicole what? Hmm. Nicole Chilton. Ah, okay. <laughs> Sounds <plot> familiar. <laughs> we said last week that we might have uh, Nicole Chilton, the wife of our previous guest, on someday. Turned out that day was <laughs> the next time we recorded. That's right. <laughs> it kind of came together pretty quick. I was it happy did. that it did. It did. I think you messed up this wine bottle. Did I? <laughs> Yeah, sounds about right. We got a smooth uh, opening here. We're uh, just struggling with a bottle of wine, trying to stay on theme for today's Italian episode um, with a nice California red. <laughs> <laughs> the finest California red. So how you been, Dan? I've been good. I mean, I'm not in school anymore, so I don't get to experience <laughs> the joy and wonder of school being out. But oh, it's so great. You do. I mean, <laughs> you got a little coming up, though. Yeah, you got I summer got school coming up. Eight straight days of no work for me. I'm on day two. Wow. Gotta say, uh, towards the end of the day yesterday, started missing the structure, Dan. You was are, having a hard time. You're you're certainly struggling. You're uh, <laughs> um, you're all off balance and uh, off with your uh, your times. And it seems like you're going a little wacky. Yeah, I was up past midnight last night, which I know doesn't seem that crazy. I usually go to bed like nine thirty or ten. <laughs> so tell us about yourself, Nicole. Your, your husband mostly just plays a thirty five year old video game. You do real stuff. I play Doctor Mario. <laughs> You know, okay. yeah. a 31 year old video <laughs> game by all accounts. Like 1991. I maybe? love Dr. Mario in all seriousness. Yeah. I it's it's up there with Tetris as far as all time puzzle games. I personally prefer it. Oh, wow. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So Hot no, take here from Nicole Chilton. Yeah. She prescribes Dr. Mario. <laughs> better Does than Dan know this? Tetris. Yeah. Well, he all will. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't. You work for the Springfield Regional Arts Council. Yes, I am their director of marketing and development. Very cool. Ooh. What does that mean? <laughs> that means that I uh, help craft the story of all that we do behind the scenes and also ask for money. Nice. So, wow. Yeah. Do people say yes? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you also have a lot of really cool art projects. We've known each other for a while yeah. at this point. I don't know, 13, 14 years, a little bit. At but least. Wow. Really like five or six years for real. You've known Andy since his 30s? Uh, well, oh, yeesh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll be 33 tomorrow. <laughs> 33. Happy early birthday. You know what? <laughs> Nothing bad's ever happened to anybody when they're 33. Not that in was the, the worst entire. What? No, I'm just kidding. Not in the entire history of humanity. <laughs> uh, yes, I think the first time I met you was like in 2005. We talked about this last week, but I was at very early Moxie screenings yeah. and I'm sure I was very, I thought, well, <laughs> you were the coolest people 
in Springfield. You opened an independent theater, oh. and so I was very intimidated. I don't even remember Likewise. if I was able to talk to you. Yeah. No, you scolded me on a blog post. <laughs> Did once. I? Yeah, because I didn't like uh, Pulse. <laughs> what? That's not me. I didn't. I, no, that's not me. I'm Are you sorry. Sure? Yeah, I think it was. I haven't seen the movie Pulse. Fans. Maybe it wasn't Pulse. Please it was a Japanese horror movie. The host, possibly. It wasn't the host because I liked the Andy's host. Andy's a big host head. Are you sure we'll that it. you're not confusing me with the person who, whose name I'm going to bleep out? No, no, no. It was, I think it was you. <laughs> oh, okay. My username I was Andy Carr. I don't know if that rings a bell. You know, there was a... <laughs> <laughs> I'll look. I can find it. There's an archive somewhere. No, I really want to know. I feel bad about it. I mean, I was an idiot. I'm still an idiot. I'm just like a nicer <laughs> idiot now. Well, I mean, you just scolded me because I said I... I was apologizing for not liking a movie or something. Oh, and that does like, sound like me. Like, yeah. 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 I can see shouldn't that. apologize. Andy circa 2008, 2005, especially. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> I don't know. You, you keep a history book of my personality. <laughs> oh, yes. That's <laughs> a, a scrapbook. We all do. Oh, boy. There's actually another person by your name that I used to work with at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And he did not think favorably of me. So he sounds dumb (laughs) (laughs) that man and i have checked out each other's library books before um i don't know not in a long time or not anything scandalous listening tropic of cancer (laughs) Uh, i don't remember i have no idea i wish i was smart so i could like make an informed joke there (laughs) buddy i got that from seinfeld uh Is Henry Miller? Is that who wrote that? Henry Miller, yeah. Okay. All right, Nicole, the uh, intelligent person at the table. I don't know if it's really Henry Miller. <laughs> you, you said it with confidence, yeah, though. As I do most things. One thing I think that you, one thing you do that I think is really cool is you do art journaling. Mm-hmm. So most people will write down what they do during their day with words. <laughs> and you will do drawings and sketches. And yeah. There's words, too. but There's words or like symbols, which yeah. are words in a different form. I think that's awesome. And at one point you were doing movies that you watched. Yeah. I'm doing that to learn Procreate oh. on my iPad. Hmm. And it, there's a lot to learn and I'll never figure it out. So I use movies that I've watched as a starting point based on the inspiration. So oh, Logan Lucky was one. Ah. And there's a scene where they were using gummy bears to make explosives. And so I was like, I want to learn to draw gummy bears. So it doesn't really reflect the movie so much, but something from the movie inspires a technique I want to learn. Yeah. So that's one of the projects. I'm it's a good at. movie. It's a sequel to Logan's Runs where he wins the lottery. <laughs> yes, I think yes. Nicole has a little something Dan's going to love. And that's uh, she brought in something for a special segment of fan favorite. Jonathan Franzen's The Corrections. Wow. Jonathan Franzen did a bad job writing both The Corrections. And sometimes we do a bad job making our podcast. Nicole's here to tell us how we did a bad job last week. It wasn't you guys. It was Dan. Oh, so he said that at La Paloma, in the women's bathroom, there were giant pictures of Brad Pitt. Oh. That is not true. That's at Great American Taco Company on East Battlefield. Your friends did up, Dan Chilton. You La Paloma up. has you pictures of up. Frida Kahlo in the women's bathroom. Wow. No, no easy to mix up, though. <laughs> Some days, <laughs> depending on the 40-ounce margarita they put. It's the unibrows. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I did go into the bathroom to see if your painting was up. It is not at four one seven at four one seven Tap House, not at La Paloma. And it, it is not. It's not. Oh, no. But I looked for it, and I didn't know that was you because I I love that painting. 
Oh, you. So you know the painting yeah. I'm referring to. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I wasn't yeah. just wrong altogether. Like you have the, the hat, like the. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yes, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, the hat I think is the only thing in that photo that is mine. Actually, I probably still have bathrobe. that hat. No, no, okay. that that belonged to a thrift store, I yeah. assume, and we probably got it right beforehand. But so I don't think it's still there. Well, dang! I'm I wonder sorry. where. Maybe somebody bought it and it's her, hanging in. Her work their is still there now. around the restaurant. It was raining really bad, and I was sopping wet, and I didn't want to stay any longer than I needed to, so I I didn't do a full tour. Well, you know, if anybody sees a painting of somebody out there that looks like me sitting on a toilet with a nightgown, some shaving cream on my face, I'd buy it. <laughs> I heard John Goodman bought it when he oh, was in Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Star of the Connors himself, yeah. John Goodman Is bought it. Is it the original there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, I think so. So, Nicole, one thing that we learned last week is that you hate podcasts, specifically <laughs> this one. That's true. <laughs> Very true. I would love to hear why. <laughs> I do not hate this podcast. I listened to the last week's. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we didn't even say that. Uh, Dan Chilton, all-time great guest, really. Yeah. I mean... He did a good job. Yeah, it was his dream come true. Our other guests, frankly, need to step it up. <laughs> <laughs> I told Dan that if you ever get sick, he can come sub in as co-host, and we're just not going to say anything. Oh, I mean, as He'll, long as it's someone named Dan, yeah. I'm fine with it. Watch that. your back, because that <laughs> offer's been made. <laughs> oh, it's, it'll happen. Dan, Dan if you come, down with, kills uh, me. <laughs> you come down with the rabies or something, the rabies, we will have Dan Chilton as a new temporary co-host. So, uh, what is it you don't like about podcasts? I like podcasts. They're fine. Oh, okay. I don't like... I like the conversational ones, like we're doing right now. I I don't care for the heavily produced ones, where it's it's someone interviewing someone, but it, there's just a tone and a lot of three-second pauses between every word, mm-hmm. and the way they intonate, and they keep saying things over and over <laughs> like that, and... <laughs> I just can't listen to them. They drive me insane. So your husband got to pick the restaurant that we covered. Okay. And unfortunately, I didn't think to ask you uh, what you would want to cover <laughs> until after we established that uh, you were just going to do the one we had on the docket. Oh, no, I'm fine. So I'm sorry about that. I liked it. <laughs> what would you have chosen? Probably just somewhere I could drink all night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A bar. A bar. <laughs> <laughs> we're reviewing no, I... nuts tonight. <laughs> no, I, I like it all. So Yeah. Well, we wound up going to Bruno's Italian Ristorante. Mm, sounds good. I'm sure I'm saying the Italian pronunciation wrong. The actual business license says Bruno's Italian Restaurant, so I think we'll just mm. stick with that. Let's learn a little bit about it. I realize that playing music from The Godfather right now is, at best, cliche, and at worst, a hacky perpetuation of Italian stereotypes. But this time, I think I have a good reason to be doing it. Remember the section in the middle of the movie when Michael Corleone hides out in a tiny Sicilian village? There are rolling hills, ancient stone buildings, and that iconic love at first sight scene at a street side cafe. The indelible images and sounds of that setting are probably pretty similar to what the owner of Springfield's Bruno's Italian restaurant knew as a kid. 
Bruno Andrea Gargiulo grew up in Sicily, an Italian island just off the mainland's southern coast. And when I say just off, it's very close, about two miles from the tip of the boot. So, obviously, the big question here is, how did a native Sicilian wind up in Springfield, Missouri? In a few different interviews over the years, Bruno has said he never set out to work in food service, that it just sort of happened and it became his whole life. He never goes into detail about this, and all I really have is, like, unvarnished information. So, here we go. Bruno left Sicily for Sweden in his 20s and started his first restaurant there in 1979. Later, he moved to London, where he opened an eatery called Italian Conservatory Restaurant and ran it for 15 years, during which time he met a woman named Melissa Rose, a singer and jewelry maker, whom he eventually married. Bruno sold his London restaurant, and the couple moved back to Sicily, purchased a villa and a patch of land near a small village, and started their own vineyard. They also had some kids. It sounds idyllic. However, in the early 2000s, the couple moved to be closer to Melissa's parents, who lived in Springfield, Missouri. See, what I did there is called withholding information. Turns out, I am a hack after all. Melissa had moved to London after having graduated from Drury. She met Bruno on her first night in England's capital city. Bruno visited his wife's hometown several times over the years, starting back in 1989 when he described the Park Central Square area as a ghost town. Over subsequent visits, though, Bruno observed downtown growing, becoming more popular and economically viable. By the time he lived here, downtown seems to be missing only one thing. Or, you know, probably more than one. But it was definitely still missing an authentic Italian restaurant. In June of 2003, Bruno and Melissa purchased the only downtown space for sale at the time, the two-story building at 416 South Avenue, which just four years before had joined the National Register of Historic Places as part of the South Avenue Commercial Historic District. Since 1949, the spot had housed the reliable rubber stamp service, which from what I can tell, was a fairly popular print shop. Bruno gutted the space. A full renovation, top to bottom, floor to ceiling, front to back, entrance to exit, side to side, stem to stern, basement to penthouse, soup to nuts, eggs to apples, engine to chassis, north to south, east to west, coast to coast, Sea to shining sea. The price of that renovation was about $400,000, and the building itself had cost $160,000, so next time you're enjoying the atmosphere at Bruno's, take a moment and appreciate that creating that atmosphere took over half a million American dollars. 24-karat magic in the air. 
This been a long A renovation that massive takes more than just a lot of money, it also takes a lot of time. Bruno purchased the building in June of 2003, and the restaurant didn't open until February of 2005. Bruno has described the process as extremely frustrating. Bruno and Melissa separated a few years later, but Bruno stayed in Springfield and continued running the restaurant. Bruno strives to use only the freshest ingredients available, which was a challenge early on because many major food distributors did not yet serve Springfield, so Bruno would have to travel to St. Louis or Kansas City to make bulk purchases. Bruno describes his dishes as classic Southern Italian. When designing them, he relied on recalling memories of family recipes from his childhood. Everyone in Bruno's family growing up was a great cook. He serves traditional salads and pasta, fresh seafood flown in weekly, as well as calzones and pizzas baked in a brick oven. Bruno's crew also uses that oven to make fresh bread. And let me tell you, that bread, it is quite fresh. Another major focus at Bruno's is wine. He stocks over 80 varieties, many of which cannot be found anywhere else in town. Bruno's carries wines from every region of Italy. And remember that small Sicilian vineyard Bruno ran back in the 90s? He still owns it, and it's still in operation. You can order a glass of wine directly from Bruno's private collection to this day, and it's not even that expensive. A huge mural of the vineyard stretches across the restaurant's northern wall. You can stare at it while you drink wine made with grapes picked in the fields depicted in front of you. Or you can look at your phone or the people with whom you're dining. Um, it's really just your call. Bruno Gargiulo has been making food and or wine for over 40 years, and now he's ready to retire. Bruno announced a few months ago that he's selling the restaurant, building and all. If you've been thinking you might want to pick up your very own authentic Italian eatery, one can be yours for the low, low price of $894,000. Terms and conditions apply. I actually knew nothing about that place other than that he was an actual Italian yeah. gentleman. But he's actually from Sicily, which is, it, they're not sovereign, but they have a lot more independence than other regions of Italy. And now that's cool. a little island, right? Correct. little island under the boot? Just off the tip of the boot. Thanks Just for listening the to the, the bio. Boot. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we thought that maybe Nicole might be able to demonstrate this podcast voice that we heard about last week and that you sort of mentioned here. There's some purplish pros on the old Bruno's <laughs> Italian restaurant website. And we're going to have uh, Nicole read some of that purple prose to us now in the podcast <laughs> voice. Please take it away, Nicole. Okay, it's super inspiring. It makes me want to move to Italy. Picture taking your morning espresso overlooking a vineyard. Early morning fog masks the ground, muffling all sounds, except the quiet chirping of the birds. That's what podcast host Andy did after learning about Bruno's Vineyard in Italy. 
Yeah, I wanted to be transported to Italy and deep dive into Bruno's day. So I asked my co-host Dan and a few friends to join me as we ate at his South Avenue institution. So so did you like, like in fact, notice that, that the nearby sea has salted the air and like enriched the local fruit that you relish? You know, I did, even though we're in Springfield, I could, I could taste that. Andy did more than be able to taste the salted air. He said he was able to picture himself zipping along meandering roads, exploring ruins of 11th century castles, still exuding their original majesty. But that's not all. So I'm staying at this villa, and I can smell the aroma of grilled swordfish, accompanied by local pasta, tossed with homemade tomato sauce. I can smell it as if it's right here in this room. But there's other flavors, other scents that I capture. He's talking about wine, lemon, garlic, and rosemary. Fresh pan-fried sardines. And did I mention wine? Yeah, that wine. My evening's memories muddle into a blur of music and laughter. Okay, but like, wait. Like, how much wine did you drink? Oh, you're... Anyways, if Bruno asks you to imagine a day at his villa, you do it, and you go. Okay. (laughs) So we'll say that that was more inspired by the pros on the Bruno's website. (laughs) Yeah. We actually didn't know Nicole was going to bring in a full script. I I can't. (laughs) Which is awesome. It's the spring food mo way. (laughs) Work off the cuff. Come on. (laughs) I wrote that 15 minutes ago. I say you did a great job. That's called the Dan Howell method. Thank you. (laughs) So when you walk into Bruno's Italian restaurant, I think the first thing that I notice is it's very bright. It's very open. It's kind of a narrow space. It's not the skinniest space you've ever seen, but it's got a high ceiling and it's open. There's these uh, wood paneling sort. It's not wood paneling. Tin on the ceiling? Yeah. There's tin ceiling tile and there's like rhododendrons that hang down from the ceiling. It looks really cool. Mm -hmm. And there's like terracotta uh, archways and there's columns. They're like boat columns line the walls it, it you know reminds me of all my time in italy mm. i've never been to italy or the what bruno <laughs> imagined or asked you to imagine uh-huh exactly he painted the picture with words and also <laughs> with the interior design that cost half a million dollars i smelled the swordfish <laughs> <laughs> whenever i went in it was also pretty quiet on a saturday little afternoon from that bio one thing that i did take away uh, besides the positioning of Sicily, of course, <laughs> was the expensiveness uh-huh. of uh-huh. this renovation. Uh, I, I had sat at the bar for a little while waiting for my food because, of course, I'm a little call-in boy, so <laughs> I called in my toys. Um, that's what I call my food. Call-in boy, call-in <laughs> toys. But that bar is so like beautiful and like ornate and just stocked with expensive liquors. We should have eaten there. Yeah, we should have. Hmm. It's really cool. <laughs> On the north wall, we mentioned I mentioned the bio that there's that really cool painting of his vineyard. It really kind of sets a specific tone for the place. It's a very nice, very upscale feeling. Yeah, it's atmosphere. It is. Date night nice. Mm-hmm. It's not like gaudy. Like a, no. You can't see that that much money went in there, but it definitely... I guess feels I, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did it look like before? I don't remember. That's the question, isn't it? And it wasn't a restaurant, so that's to be factored into that cost. They had to buy all of the equipment that they needed to make the food. And just even plumbing for restaurant mm-hmm. sinks and drains and all that. Where did Super the money expensive. come from? Where Follow the money. <laughs> Probably follow the money. Profit from his restaurant in London, <laughs> if I had to guess. 
<laughs> and his vineyard that he owned. Who knows? Maybe it's family money. Also, who cares? Whatever. Restaurant in London. Kind of like my girlfriend in Canada. <laughs> Fake. She lives in Canada? <laughs> Made up. <laughs> so when you eat at Bruno's, the first thing that's going to show up at your table, bread. Mm-mm. I like bread. Ooh. My brother loves it. Rick talks about it all the time. Uh, Weirdo. He's got a real bread noggin on him. He oh. does. Born and bread. <laughs> Thank you. I, I can't take credit. There's a guest in the background. <laughs> I'm being fed lines. Uh, this guest <laughs> wishes to remain anonymous, but I will give you three guesses who it might be. The bread there, they cook it in that same stone oven that they cook the pizza. It's dense, soft, rich, buttery, even though I don't think we put any butter on ours. Uh, they serve it with like a mix of olive oil and balsamic vinegar. We didn't get any balsamic in ours. Right. It's all mixed up in the same jar. Bottle. <laughs> bottle. bottle. Yeah. Bottle. <laughs> I've never seen you struggle so hard to describe something. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know what you're talking about. I tried to combine you know, like jug olive and oil jar. With this, the spout, the olive oh, okay. oil bottles. Okay. Sure. Like one of those. A bottle. Yes. A bottle. It's all mixed up in the same <laughs> yes. bottle. And... Whenever he tried to pour it, only guest X, mystery <laughs> guest, <laughs> that was having dinner with us, got any balsamic, 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 balsamic. balsamic. It's a uh, lady vinegar. Oh. Huh. Anyway, only one of us got any in our oil plate, and he filled up those plates like to the brim, like they were about to overflow because he was trying so hard to get some. Balsamic on there. <laughs> <Some> lady vinegar. <laughs> it's balsa wood. Anyway, so my strategy with the bread is to stick it in there and let it sit. Let it soak up that oil for just a little bit and then take a little bite. Just bite the oil soaked part. What's your strategies? I'm a butter person. Oh. I didn't have any butter. Boo. I know. It's yeah. okay. I think I'm, I'm more not booing you. No. Booing the absence of butter. <laughs> I think I'm more of an olive and herb person i don't know that i have a specific technique it sounds like bruno's does it right it sounds lovely i wish i could have tried it oh i'm sorry man wow i wow. messed up wow i told dan the wrong time that's what happened he, in he didn't short inform version. me of the updated time so i didn't make it to the sit down dinner tonight yep i um, messed up badly i franzened yeah my lovely dime piece girlfriend of course was going to come out i was going to surprise everybody with her beautiful presence oh Sorry. She had just bought a thousand dollar dress right beforehand. <laughs> for the what did you say? On sale? Yeah, on sale. it's regularly ten thousand. <laughs> Not on sale. Yeah, the big surprise was really going to be that we'd had to drag another table over. <laughs> you know, at our waiter's uh, annoyance. I'm sure. <laughs> if there's one thing I'm, we like, it's annoying waiters. Let me get it on the record, Dan, that I'm very sorry. Oh, I Andy has not been on the mean, record to do that i that just it was the end of the school year i'm not not making an excuse it's the end of the school year and i just forgot to give you the updated time i totally understand andy i'm just ribbing you <laughs> man we're really keeping it on track this episode <laughs> speaking of ribs let's talk about this pizza <laughs> <laughs> i went for lunch today and for dinner today i got the la afumanchada pizza oh, 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 oh wow <laughs> Has tomato sauce, smoked mozzarella, smoked bacon, smoked chicken, mushrooms. Wonder why they didn't smoke the mushrooms. 
The crust is light and airy. It's not thin. It's not thick. It's somewhere in between. It's like a very traditional old-timey crust recipe. It's very, very cheesy pizza, and it's super high-quality mozzarella. There's not much sauce on it, but the bites with the sauce were the best. They were tomatoey with just a little bit of zip Mm. to them. However, I would say like 60% of the bites, I couldn't detect any of the sauce at all. The chicken was white meat chunks. They were tender and juicy. They were maybe... Uh, just a little over uh, like one cubic centimeter each, something like that. Strips of bacon were cut widthwise. Those are maybe a you know two centimeters long, one centimeter across, that kind of thing, which I really liked. They added more flavor than they added texture. It was super fatty. It was very fatty bacon, mm-hmm. which I don't generally like. But it didn't matter this time because the strips were so small, you know, and they there wasn't a lot of it on there. Just every now and again, you get this really nice little strip of fatty bacon. Mm. With like twenty percent more sauce, this would have been a five star pie. Wow, tasty pie! What did you get when you went for lunch, Dan? I obviously had the focaccia vegetable sandwich. I wanted to go with a little mm. cheaper item uh, off the lunch menu. And I also wanted to try something vegetarian. I don't know if I've ever done anything entirely vegetarian for the show before. Um, actually, no. It, that Lebanese place yeah. I had a uh, vegetarian wrap that was quite delicious and this sounded great let me lay this out there for you i did have some bread some of their homemade bread some focaccia bread to be precise super crunchy focaccia bread wait was this in addition to the sandwich or as part of the sandwich oh this was the sandwich this was the witch in which it was sanded Just about spit wine into my <laughs> my pop filter here. Of course, it was super crunchy. Once again, I I haven't I've yet to find a word that can really replace crunchy. I know I'm trying, but it's it's very tough. Uh, so I went with super crunchy <laughs> homemade focaccia bread with thick slices of eggplant and zucchini cut lengthwise, just big old slices, and cooked tender straight on the grill. What came first, the chicken or the eggplant? Oh, my goodness, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) You got up to the mic. I paused. I was like, oh, Andy's got something to say here. (laughs) (laughs) The slices were long enough to hang off the piece of bread so you could see the charred diamond grill marks on them. Spread on the bread is a basil pesto, some fontina cheese, and a house balsamic vinaigrette. Lady vinegar. Beyond the taste, which I'll get to, this is a beautiful sandwich. You get the purple skin of the eggplant and the kind of yellowish green of the zucchini. It's also got some onions on there. But all of that with the bright green pesto makes for a very lovely dish. Grease, or rather, I guess, olive oil. I don't Mm. even want to call it grease. Just kind of drips off of it, off Mm. of the slices but it's so good. It's not like a gross experience. It's not uh, <laughs> discoloring the styrofoam box or yeah. like a dark red or anything. It's almost translucent, light yellow, just beautiful olive oil on everything. It was delicious. It was so good. I would definitely get it again. I think it was only $7.20. Yeah. And it was served with a whole heap of chips. Pasta yeah. chips. What? Andy, did you get any pasta no, chips? It sounds like Nicole's had them. Mm-hmm. Nicole, yeah. 
These they're pasta like, chips. They're like tortilla strips that you would put in a soup, but they're made of pasta and deep fried. So they're not tortillas. They're pasta. They are so they're good. good. They're Sounds just- like... I'm the one who franzoned big time <laughs> as today. a non-chipman but as you are. Lunch. I, of course, am a, chi- am a chipman. Uh, I like chips. A yeah. chip, a chipman yourself. I, I'm a chip woman. A chip woman. Mm-hmm. Chip it. Uh, sorry, chip <laughs> chip person. We're all chip people. We're trying to be more inclusive here. Chip it. But Andy, this is a chip you've got to try. It has that same olive oil coating that the whole sandwich did. But in these great little, just crispy, airy pockets of delicious fried goodness, it's so, they're so good. I wish they would sell it as an appetizer. Yes, absolutely. During dinner time, with mm. some kind of hummus or something. I don't know what's an Italian Butter? dip. Yet, yet, I guess <laughs> olive oil is <laughs> the, the oil. Italian dip. Take note, sandwich servers. The pasta chips are the way, the truth, and the light. <laughs> I'm calling out Druffs specifically with the Ruffles. Oh. Step that chip game up, guys. But they're but not making pasta <laughs> from scratch over it. They're Duff, not, Duff. but give me some mm. sweet potato chips. Maybe you can ask him next week, Dan. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> More drama on the Spring Food Mo podcast. I love it. <laughs> but that was mine. It, it was so good. I, I loved it. What'd you order for dinner when we went tonight, Nicole? I don't know how to say it in Italian. Chicken cooked under a brick. Oof. It's a chicken breast, flattened a little bit, served with roast potatoes and then a vegetable medley. Mm. Now, this must be the Chico de Briclio. <laughs> it's actually something like Galetto Allo Briclio. <laughs> Is there a Harry Potter uh, phrase I uh, should think of? A chick de Ryan Johnson. Oh, my. Let's not. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. <sighs> yeah. You're making me curious being so curious. <laughs> Milk tug. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it made my day. Anyways, it was really good. I've been to Bruno's multiple times, and aside from lunch, it's the only thing I ever order. So I couldn't not get it, even though I probably should have gotten something different. No, that's the way to go sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. And I think partly with Italian restaurants, like I can boil noodles at home. I don't make noodles from scratch, but a lot of those dishes, I'm like, oh, I can do that at home. I'm not going to be able to cook chicken under a brick at mm-hmm. home yep. so i always get things that i'm i know i'm not going to be able to do so what kind of brick you think they use an old one not from, just like a standard i'm gonna go with red <laughs> <laughs> from the original uh-huh part of the building yeah maybe use one of those bricks from that brick house that dude's singing about <laughs> they call it vintage chicken because <laughs> it is a brick from the, re- the old building guest X with whom we were dining. I'm going to give you a hint. It's not my ex. Uh, well, the night what? is young. I guess we'll see on that. <laughs> she ordered a soup. It was a special that day and we were a little perplexed by it. At least Nicole and I were. Um, the well, server described it as a chicken vegetarian noodle soup without with- noodles. <laughs> so to, to get this straight, this chicken noodle soup with no chicken and no noodles. But vegetarian. Vegetarian. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, it was chicken noodle soup broth <laughs> with a piece of crostini floating in it. Mmm. How was that crostini, though? I don't know. I didn't taste that. I had a little sip of the soup. She's We're getting a thumbs, thumbs up. up. We're getting a Guest thumbs up. Guest X says thumbs up. Pretty good. How much was it? 
Five fifty. That's good price. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. That's good I price. mean, can of Campbell's costs three, two, two yeah. thirty-nine, something like that. Sometimes you, they're using the chicken bones from the the brick chicken that they cooked. Yeah. You're getting quality. I don't know about uh, that. It's vegetarian. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I think. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but was there chicken in it? There was. Oh. Okay, we're getting yes. That's there was. So bizarre. Chicken. She wow. says there I was chicken. Wow. Chicken. Shredded chicken. Uh. So it's a vegetarian dish with chicken, somehow. <laughs> I bet the broth was vegetarian. They added chicken. Anyway, we had a weird <laughs> soup. Uh, Guest X got a leered, a leered loop. My mouth is not working. It's this fine California wine. <laughs> it may be. This is my second glass of wine tonight. It's my birthday tomorrow, and there's no school. Happy birthday. Expect nothing less. <laughs> I ordered my favorite. Um, I've been here, I don't know, three or four times, never without um, my girlfriend, who's not guest X. Oh. Right? Anonymous? <laughs> She's anonymous. I think the listeners know anytime we mention a guest X, it is, in fact, Matthew Fox from yeah. the Wachowski's uh-huh. Speed Racer movie. I don't know why I'm continuing with this. Anyway, um, Lindsay and I have been there several. Yeah, yeah, I'm beginning to realize this has been a bad idea. You know, it's been fun. Um, (laughs) Thanks, Springfield. Uh, We're growing, but uh, this is enough. Almost made it to 50. Yeah, almost. Now, we've got how many? Like 356 or something left. We've got to get to 417. Oh, yeah, for sure. There won't be any restaurants left if you're at this pace, though. We'll do repeats. Okay. We'll do repeats. We'll just put these places out of business. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no one's going to let you in. All right. I got the gnocchi. That's my favorite. I think that we've either split that or somebody's ordered that at the table most times that I've been there. Normally, gnocchi is made with wheat flour, egg, cheese, or potato, something like that, breadcrumbs. And it's these balls of cooked dough that are smothered in sauce. Mm. It's basically dough balls, Dan. Now... The gnocchi is one of the only items on the Bruno's menu that is not a traditional Italian recipe. It's something that's more developed here in the States. He makes his dough balls out of spinach and ricotta. Ooh. So these are spinach cheese balls <laughs> in a spinachy, cheesy sauce All right. also. I'm in. And they're savory, they're creamy, they're really dense, they're rich. They are delicious. I love this meal. They sit in your stomach, much like a brick used to cook a chicken. Mm-hmm. I'm so full, it's uncomfortable. The wine is just sitting in my throat because <laughs> my stomach is so full. Were they encased in something? No, I think it's just straight up dough okay. ball. Yeah, and then covered in the sauce. It's okay. awesome. I tried one. It was yeah. really good. I'd, uh, I'd order that. That sounds great. I think gnocchi in general is kind of a down-home dish. It, it's dough served in a savory gravy. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's meant to be very filling. And while this sounds like kind of a spin on it, I'm sure it still just has that same itis quality to it. Yeah. We also got dessert Oh yeah, on our trip. We ordered tiramisu uh-huh. and the cannoli. More fried dough stuffed with some kind of cream filling. We were it, trying to determine exactly what the cream was made of. Probably ricotta. Yeah. Maybe some mascarpone. We're saying there was some sort of little bit, little of, bit of citrusy lemon. quality to it. Maybe sure. lemon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lemon zest. I usually have like a chocolate chip style one. Oh, oh. I'm actually popping a little to-go box open here and I see. So, so, I didn't know there was still that part a left. Full yeah, I portion. 
That's my little power. apology box for Dan. Absolutely. This will do. Yeah, that's willpower. <laughs> Got a big old slice of tiramisu right here, and then what appears to be a piece of a cannoli, or was is this the full size? No, that's half. Okay. The order came with two. So to get this straight, you guys took the cannoli <laughs> and left the <laughs> left, left a tip. Okay. <laughs> yes. I liked the cannoli though. I'm not a huge lemon fan mm. in sweet and desserts, but I liked it because it was so subtle. Yeah. I liked it quite a bit. I'm a big cannoli fan. I love the crunchy outside and the mm-hmm. soft, but still somewhat firm cream on the inside. When you cut into it, textures. the whole restaurant stopped <laughs> and looked over, the we, whole restaurant being us. We were the only party, but that is true. I did explode <laughs> the cannoli when I tried to cut it in half for Dan. <laughs> I believe this is my first cannoli. Oh, really? I don't know that I've ever had one. I was picturing a softer texture, not a Welcome to the party, Danny. <laughs> and uh, the inside, whenever you guys were talking about it, I was like, surely it's just Mars Capone, but it is something a little thinner-seeming. I think there's like a whipping cream yeah, in it. It's lovely. It's much less sweet than I thought it was going to be. It's got a more kind of delicate flavor to it. I'm, I'm about to the uh, cherry, so I'm going to stuff the rest of this real the, quick. The cherry actually really elevates the flavor profile. Is this food talk? I don't even oh, know. Oh, it's great. Okay. Because <laughs> I think the it's a maraschino cherry, so and I don't, I don't, I think it's just one out of a jar. I don't think there's anything special to it. But that cherry with the lemon and the cream just was really good. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the best bite. Of yeah, the few bites. There that needs I've to be had. like that's a delicious. cherry every bite. It's awesome. I think it's one of the best you can get in town. Maybe one of the only ones you can get in town. But I was going to say the only tasty. time I get them in town is like at the Price Cutter Deli mm. or Bakery. It's a place in St. Louis. I love to get cannoli. Uh, after concerts and stuff. I wish I could remember the name, but they have a ton of different varieties. Yeah. Uh, like they, I, I said, I always get chocolate chip cannoli. Mm, yeah, yeah. So we also got tiramisu, which of course is sponge cake soaked in espresso. Lady fingers. Then, Lady, yeah. Yes. Lady vinegar. No, <laughs> fingers. And then, you know, there's some kind of cream. I don't know. I went into detail about it on another Italian food episode and it slipped my brain. Very tasty. I'd say I'd like it uh, more than the other one that we tried. This is definitely made in-house. Mm. Oh, yes. I've always thought Bruno's has the best tiramisu in town. Oh, and I've tried so them all. It, it's lovely. Tiramisu is not my favorite dessert, but this has uh, like much more of a coffee quality than most tiramisu I've had. I, I would imagine they probably use a nice fancy coffee for this. Mm-hmm. All right. Maxwell House. I do need to mention one more thing. My lunch server was a gentleman probably in his 50s or 60s with a very thick Italian accent. It was not Bruno. We I'm, saw Bruno mm-hmm. giving some guy the business that he worked with. Or rather, they were giving him the business. <laughs> they were having a good jokey time back there behind the bar. Was that at dinner or at lunch? Dinner oh, yeah. when he was there. My server, Dan, I can't remember the name of our dumb oh. award, but he's definitely a contender. He walked up to me because I was the first person there. Okay, he says, did you skip breakfast? <laughs> Great opener when you show up at 11. And I had. (laughs) If I don't look like a guy who skips breakfast or what. but And of course, he went on to recommend me the heaviest thing on the menu. As a result, I did not do that. I got the pizza. So this is what I really wanted to talk about. I took half my pizza home. And so this is what happened. He brought the box and set it on a table. He took my fork and knife that I had been eating with in one hand and used them like chopsticks to drag the pizza wow. off my plate into the takeout box. That was a pro move. So not using his fingers, only using my silverware. And not unceremoniously dumping the food. Exactly. 
And it was like, it's beyond a pro move. Hmm. Uh, he's like a service seraphim. With a ranking higher than the service seraphim. very dumb I, <laughs> No, <laughs> I think to bestow that upon a server, it needs to be you and I both have that same experience with that server. I don't think one of us can do it. It has to be a consensus. I agree. I agree. I had also a little story to tell, eh. to, to regale you with. We don't have time. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I've acted out my call-ins before on the podcast, and this week will be no exception. I called, got a Italian gentleman in his 50s to 60s, not sure if it was Bruno or the same person who served you, said, I'd like to call in an order to pick up. What would you like? Can I get the grilled vegetable focaccia sandwich? Is that all? Yes, please. Thank you. Click. <laughs> it was the quickest call and order i have ever placed no name. no name <laughs> no name no time parameters which i kind of loved it you know you you get in a rhythm there and that's just the way you do it and that's the way the cookie crumbles the focaccia i'm, I'm gonna find a couple more ways to end this mm-hmm. sentiment <laughs> you mean like i did it in the bio <laughs> i think it's time to rate this place how many Million dollar pasta villas, would you rate Bruno's Italian restaurant? Uh, Dan, we'll start with you. I don't know if I got the biggest fi- picture of Bruno's, but I can say if you are a vegetarian, heck, even if you're a vegan, I, I, I think this may have been vegan, except, you know, there's cheese on it. Get it without the cheese. Mm. This is a five-star lunch establishment. Mm. That's, a, that's as far as I'm willing to go because I think Bruno's is probably more known for their entrees mm-hmm. in the $15 range. Well, I know that you're going to be taking Dime Piece on a date there pretty I soon. absolutely will be. So you can report back. We can I would update love that to. rating. Um, I mean, <laughs> it, I guess it could only go lower because th- it was so good. The sandwich was incredible. Uh, great vegetarian option, and those chips just sent it over the edge. Pasta chips. Come on. Get with it, people. So five stars with an asterisk for Dan. Five asterisks. <laughs> Nicole. What's our scale? One to five. Oh, okay. You can do halvesies or okay. zero. Uh, it's kind of tough. I'm kind of a cheapskate when it comes to food. Yeah. And my dinner was kind of expensive. Uh-huh. Because I got a glass of Prosecco. And then the entree and then dessert. So it was like with tip, like 40 for just like an evening out. If I'm going to rate it that way, I'm going to say three stars. Mm. But for date night and you get the whole like wonderful dessert. We were there for an hour and a half. So it's a very lingering type of place. So I recommend it for date night. I would say four stars. Yep. You heard it here, Dan Chilton. This was a date night. (laughs) (laughs) He's taken me before. (laughs) I'm saying for other people, it's not quite our date night. We've done that. (laughs) I really like this restaurant. It's definitely a date night, a special occasion kind of place. I love the gnocchi. I haven't had a single thing there that I don't really, really like. Wow. Um, I do think that pizza could use a little bit more sauce, but who am I to give advice to uh, an Italian, an actual Italian chef? I mean, I am a person who's doing that right now. <laughs> I shouldn't be. <laughs> You're a prominent uncle of Springfield. <laughs> it's true. Uh, four and a half. Four and a half million dollar pasta villas for me. So that we have a five, a four and a half, and a four. Yeah, I'll stick with four. The cool. Ascension. All right. Stair-stepping it. All right. Mm-hmm. 
And now it's time for the return of a segment that went very poorly the first time that I think oh, I fixed. Okay? <laughs> because now it can be a competition. This is the Food Lossifers. Wow. This game is going to work totally different than it did last time. Listeners will remember, of course, I crushed it. You last did. Time. You did. Last time, I would read a quotation about food, and you have to tell me. You would have to tell me it's a real quote that a famous person said, or if it's one that I made up. This time, there's another wrinkle, and you're also going to be competing, Dan wow. and Nicole. Uh-oh. Wow. It is weird to be hanging out with Dan and Nicole. Got to say. <laughs> this time, I'm going to read a quote, and you're going to have three different options. You're going to tell me if this quote is real, okay? And that means a real person said this quote. Famous person, usually an artist of some type. Sure. Is it fake, one that I made up, or is it fiction? Something said by a fictional character. Sure. Each one of these is worth two points each if you get it right. And there are bonus point opportunities as well. Ooh, an and one. If you get it wrong, the uh, your competitor can get one point if they can get it right. Now, also, if you get it right, you can get another additional point if you can name the person who said it, either the real person or the character wow. who said it. I'm really confused right now. You'll, you'll get it. It's okay. okay. And it might not have been me who made up all these quotes. We might have had some guest uh, submissions. Oh, wow. <laughs> guest X just coughed <laughs> suggestively. This is Dan first. Now, honeys play me close like butter play toast from Mississippi down to the East Coast. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that that's real. That's correct. And I'm guessing it's a rapper that said it. So, Andy's favorite rapper is probably G Easy. <laughs> um, ooh, that is tough. Uh, from the from Mississippi to the East Coast, I'm gonna go ahead and say this is an unformed guess. Bun B of UGK. Correct. That is American rapper Chris George Latory Wallace, aka the Not- Notorious B.I.G. Wow. That was my other choice, which I will be saying after every missed answer. <laughs> okay, Nicole. Food, like art, can be bad or cheap, but not both. I mean, I've heard that before from George Lucas <laughs> in terms of film. Uh-huh. I haven't heard it in food terms, so I'm but I'm sure it's uh, I'm gonna say it's fake. It's fake. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that was a contribution from Lindsay and your writing friend Ingrid. Woo-woo. After a good dinner, one can forgive anybody, even one's own relations. I'm going to go ahead and say that that is real. Incorrect. Nicole, you can steal for one point. I'm going to go with fiction and say Jonathan Franzen. Ooh, man. Uh, You did not have the second bonus point opportunity there, but you do get the one point for it being fiction. That is the character Lady Caroline in the play A Woman of No Importance by Oscar Wilde. Uh, I am not familiar. One of Dan's personal favorites. So, <laughs> I know I said that I would make an excuse like this after every question, uh-huh. but I thought it was a real quote by Oscar Wilde. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh. I was going to say Oscar Wilde because it just seemed like something he would it say. It really does, yeah. It was a part of a fiction work by him. So Close. I seed my argument. <laughs> okay. Nicole. Only the pure in heart 
can make a good soup? I'm going to go with fiction. That is incorrect. Ah. Dan. Real. Steal. It is real. Dan is correct. Any guesses who said it? No Julia points. Child. No. Uh, Lud- Ludwig von Beethoven. Oh, I was also originally going to say fiction. I was thinking maybe it was from the book Stone Soup. Oh, I love Stone Soup. A favorite of mine as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've taught that one before. Beethoven the dog? What? Guest X remarked, Beethoven the dog? Yeah. Uh, And I translated it from... (laughs) Wow. He made bone soup. Oh, boy. Dan, pork chops and bacon, my two favorite animals. (laughs) Wow. Nicole brightened up whenever you started to speak. I don't know if she knows this one. I don't. I was going somewhere else completely. I guess I'm going to say fiction. That is correct. Who do you think said it? Homer Simpson. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you knew it. I was thinking of the Brady Bunch episode where Peter asks what's for dinner and he's trying to be Humphrey Bogart. Oh. No, Humphrey Bogart. And it says pork chops and applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very Simpsons quote. Much I, I was thinking more uh, purple. Purple is a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Purple's Eggplant. my favorite flavor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nicole, oh, yes. the best comfort food will always be greens, cornbread, and fried chicken. Oh, um, I'm gonna say real. It's correct. And it's probably someone like Paula Dean or ooh quite the opposite oh, really? i'm afraid it is maya oh. angelou oh. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me oh boy um, yeah that was I'm, I'm embarrassed now no 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 i mean <laughs> honestly that does sound like something that yeah. paula dean would say yeah. slathered with uh, butter. as far as the venn diagram of paula dean and maya angelou <laughs> quotes that's in the thin sliver in the middle <laughs> dan when I finish breakfast, I dream of what the next is. Mm. Lunch and supper on my mind, and then another breakfast. Fiction. Incorrect. Would you care to oh. steal? Well, no, that threw me. I thought I knew what that was. I was just like, no real person I guess real would say that. me. <laughs> I say that. <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> I was thinking of Samwise Gamgee, because he talks about breakfast. I was thinking thought. it was a Theodore Geisel, <laughs> Dr. Oh, yeah. Seuss cut. I was trying to make it sound like a rapper. Um, I thought Lord of the Rings. Wow. Like, well, that well, like I second. failed. That does kind of sound like what Andy would think a rapper sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I don't like rap music at all. Nicole. I like my food like I like my women. Young and fat. <laughs> real fake or fiction? Uh, I would hope fake, but I'm going to say real. Oh, incorrect. Uh, uh, fake. That's right. So Good. you stole it. Any uh, idea where that one came from? Well, no. I, I like that's another Lindsay and Ingrid. <laughs> I definitely didn't write that one. Everyone. Thank you. Two women wrote it. Okay. Don't friends and correct me. There is no love sincerer than the love of food. I'm going to say that's real. That is real, Dan. Any idea who said it? Tony Bourdain. Dan, I messed this up. It's not, it's not real. <laughs> it's not real. Uh-huh. Also, Guest X is telling us that sincerer is not a word. So that may have clued us into the <laughs> it being fake. 
uh, I'm just saying it's not it's not uh, real. It's not real. You want to steal it? Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, fiction. It's fiction. Okay. It's fiction. There's no love sincere than so love of food. You stole it. Uh, you can guess, but it doesn't count. For oh, points. okay. I don't. I, it's a character Oscar name. Well. No. Oh. <laughs> it's a character named Tanner from Man and Superman by George Bernard Shaw. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Um, my favorite book. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, wine is bottled poetry. Real Nicole. That's real. Okay. You know who said it? Well, I was going to say me, but <laughs> <laughs> I'd, um, let's go with uh, Dom Perignon. Incorrect. It was Robert Louis Stevenson, Scottish novelist. Dan, to eat good food is to be close to God. Real. Incorrect. Fiction. It is fiction. Nicole Steele's. Paula Dean. (laughs) Fiction Paula Dean. (laughs) Uh, No, it is a character named Pascal in one of my probably top 10 movies, Big Night. Oh, we've talked about previously. Yes. Yeah. I saw that. One more. Dan, you have nine. Nicole, you have nine. Whoa. It's nine yes. to nine. Is there a tiebreaker? This one should probably be like it, yeah, a this has shootout. To be, oh. Like we should probably we, take it But we brought the, the cannoli. Time. It's nine to nine. And. But it's my last turn. So. Yeah, it's your turn. I could. You're our guest. So I you could get to go take last. It. You get the advantage. All right. You get the advantage. But I could get it wrong. You could, yeah. And then we're Which tied. would send it to him. Okay. No. Okay. Okay, a lot of pressure. A waffle is like a pancake with a syrup trap. That is fiction. I'm afraid it is not. Oh. Dan, real or fake? I'm going to say fake. I've heard this. It's we real. I've heard oh, this no. before. Real. It's Mitch Hedberg. Oh. oh well, that's a good that's I've that's a good that joke, Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> yeah, hmm. shoot. Well, I guess you tie. <laughs> you know, right, I'm fine with here's that. Half a glass. <laughs> here, just I'll do. Danny's got to do some driving here in just yeah. a second. <laughs> There's just a few sips left. We have one more segment today. That's going to be our beloved last meal segment. Oh wow! I'm going to go ahead and tell you that you're not going to die, but you've committed some sort of minor crime, Nicole. The judges uh, sentenced you to only eating unseasoned oatmeal mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Dan is dead. That's yeah. stuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fine. In this no, scenario. It's, it's not, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> In this scenario, you get to have one last meal, four courses, oh. appetizer, wait, drink, appetizer, entree, dessert. And it can only be food local to Springfield. Okay. What do you get? Well, you just threw me for a loop here because wow. you're expecting to die i was expecting to die <laughs> in which case i wanted to be numb to the whole experience so i picked all alcohol oh. <laughs> and not just wine because you can get wine hey, anywhere we can kill you <laughs> <laughs> don't worry i have a backup plan we'll kill you if you I'll want to kill you <laughs> i'll do both so if i were to be executed like i originally thought was going to happen i chose cocktails Mm-hmm. because you can get wine anywhere. Sure. So I chose uh, from 4x4. Four four, they have a mixed beer with um, like their lemon kombucha Ooh. and a Hefeweizen. Almost a brass monkey. I don't know, but I like... Beer the, and orange juice. Oh, okay. Like a shandy type of thing. Sure. So it start light there, and then... Well, so I, 
if you want to meet Dan and Nicole, just drop by 4 by 4 yeah, There's there a pretty good chance you'll see them. <laughs> we're, we're there. We just keep going down Galloway back and forth and work our way up and down. Kids in tow. It's fine. I would ask the Mud House to make me a frozen vanilla, Tahitian vanilla latte with blueberries. Mm. Oh, yeah. And then the Forbidden Flower from Haruno's, which is pear vodka with elderberry, no, elderflower liqueur and sparkling wine. Wow. Ooh. And then I would end it with the 40-ounce margarita from La Paloma. Oh, wow. Because I want to be numb. And then a 40-ounce of Old English. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a beer drinker. A nice sure. local Old English. Yeah. <laughs> the Old Ozark. But so, okay, in this case, oatmeal. So I have to think of what I want before. So we'll stick with the Forbidden Flower. That's my favorite sure. cocktail in town. Mm. They will knock you over after three of them. Or one for most, most people. <laughs> <laughs> um, appetizer, feta fries from Greek Belly mm. w- with the oh, chicken. Yeah, yes. I could eat those either way, and then uh, probably a giant big slice cheese pizza. Oh wow, just nice, cheese, huh? just cheese. I'm a nice. purist. Just sure. cheese. I don't want anything fancy on it. And then was it dessert? Yeah. Oh man. So the cocktail is breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> No, first one's drink. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh. Well, now I may have to go for this cannoli from Bruno's. Yeah. Great choice. Yeah. yeah. If not another cocktail, I'll go with cannoli. All right. Okay. That's four great choices. I like this segment, Dan. I do too. It is a good segment. I think we should just kill people, though. <laughs> I think death should be part of it. I was trying to be nice because last week... Did you poison my wine? <laughs> no. Look, we've had poisonings <laughs> on this show before. We we're trying to be a little bit more careful about this kind of thing happening. Yeah. A whole poisoning saga. Uh-huh. Oh, shoot. Well, you've been a great guest, Nicole. I promise it'll sound good when we cut it together. <laughs> I won't listen to it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I will. No, this has been great. Um, if people want to like see your art on the internet, is there somewhere they can go or with something they can go in town to go look at it? Um, I'll be at Systematic Savings mm. downtown in June with some pieces that I'm working on that explore... Uh, different roles in my life, like mother, wife, artist. Mm -hmm. And I have people in those roles painting the underpainting, and then I paint on top of it. Oh, wow. So that will be up at Systematic in June. Very cool. And uh, I'm active on Instagram. I think it's Nicole.Chilton.Art. Yeah, it's really cool. A lot of those journals are on there. It's very cool. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I don't know. Excited that you are here. I don't know. Another Chilton in the Here's the thing. We haven't ended this show in eight weeks. <laughs> we don't know how to do it anymore. Oh. Oh, yes. How about you say a toast and cheers? That's a great idea. I don't, a toast I don't know any to toasts. Good food and good friends and nobody dying. <laughs> clink, 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 clink. Great review, subscribe. Can you hear that? <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to Spring Food Mo. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like to support our podcast, guess what? You can. Visit support.springfoodpod.com. That's support.springfoodpod.com. Thanks for the money. (laughs) Spring Food Media. Yeah, I was up past midnight last night, which I know doesn't seem that crazy. I usually go to bed like 9.30 or 10. Uh, And I, I was inventing a... 
franchise of uh, space operas. Ah, uh, that's what that was. <laughs> called Space Cuties. <laughs> okay. Is this like Space Buddies? Uh, no. <laughs> I thought it may have had something to do with Space Buddies whenever I saw this. Uh, I mean, I, I, I read 20% of it, the mm. top 10% and then the bottom so 10% like, to like see where the thread like started. The first 10 movie titles, <laughs> you know, the, the first five and the last five. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was I was just, I was thinking about the guardians of the galaxy. I was like, Oh, it's kind of like thinking about how similar a lot of these space operas are. And it's all like hot people solving space <laughs> crimes and stuff. I was like space cuties. That's all true. these movies could be called space cuties, space hotties, space eh, cuties. Oh. <laughs> Fine, hotties. That'll, that's when they grow up. <laughs> this is their teen years. Um, so if you go to my Twitter, I believe it's at Driveway Fried Eggs, you will see that I mapped out an entire extended universe of Space Cuties movies. That uh, they, There's also like another group that they meet later called Time Cuties. <laughs> and eventually the villain gets his own set of movies. Wow. What's the age range? Uh, I mean, the series goes on for like 20 or 30 years. I'm in the process of doing like a full chart with the years that all the movies came out and stuff. Sure. I I would go just the uh, 2001 route where you jump to uh, a thousand years later at one point. Well, um, there is. I'm not joking. This fake thing that I made up. <laughs> there is a part where the timeline. Okay. Part of the timeline resets and part of it splinters off into a separate timeline. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so it's important. <laughs> I'm picturing like baby genius movies. Uh, then, then they keep growing. They're young. They're like <laughs> 18 to 24. They're all very hot. They're very cute. Space cuties. Are you rotating out this cast? It doesn't seem like they're going to oh, no, no. stay the uh, normative way of uh, We cutie. use de-aging oh, technology. Okay. 20 years in. Same actors. Some of them are CG anyway. I say you just start with some real Look. seasoned like Helen Mirren and Octavia Spencer. And just de-age them. I'm going to be honest with you. Haven't thought out the whole characters <laughs> part of it yet. I mostly have been focusing on titles. So you don't have a casting director yet is no, what you're saying. No, I'm All in right. the market for one. I'm though. in. But then we have to like actually invent a time machine so I can go back and start the trilogy in 1982. The initial trilogy. Wow. Space Cuties, Space Cuties Return. And the third one is The Space Cuties. And then it gets crazy from there, you know. <laughs> yes, a, a Fast and Furious Anyway, scenario. this is so important. <laughs> yes. So glad we're talking about this. Well, you could bring it back to food. They could have the cuties oranges. Ah, mm. uh, yes. A, a space cuties, cuties, oranges tie-in. That might be your backing, your financial yeah. backing. So this is my art. Um, <laughs> Nicole is also an artist uh, and a real one. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get when you went for lunch, Dan? Well, you know, I was expecting to go again, so I kind of took a soft swing. Do you want me to just write it down and notarize it? My apology? No. I mean... Maybe. It would help. I guess I'll go to Rubber Stamp Emporium or whatever that place was that used to be in the Bruno's location. Springfield Stamp over uh, by the uh, Eat and Enjoy truck. They're a oh, good yeah, spot yeah. for your stamps. We're sponsored by them, of course. I like that game. I like it better that way. Oops. Yeah, that was good. Lindsay just texted me and said, I need ice cream. She's in the room. <laughs> I guess I'll have a third dessert. Why not? <laughs> huh? I hate it. Oh. 
Well, you know how to drive. <laughs> I would never say that in earnest. Where's cargo? Okay. They'll bring you ice cream. Oh, yeah. It's not normally like this, Nicole. It's kind of like this. I, I've <laughs> listened like, to every episode, like, and I'm disappointed. Have you? No. 